Hun. Hun. Hi, I'm here. Hun. Hun. Hun with the fucking P. Oh, the mic doesn't really enunciate the p sounds. Oh, I heard okay. Hun. Hun. What's your pun? What's your pun? I don't know. This, uh, I'm in a funk because this episode is fucking bizarre. <laughs> I don't know if that's a pun. You're just using the word in the sentence. Whatever. But I have you, to agree. You guys are in for a funky time. Here, how about that? The audio feedback on these mics is funky, apparently, since you can't hear my peas. Well, I, what I will say is Zach takes me to funky town every time he farts when I'm in his presence. That is true. Yeah. Don't you mean funky town? Let's <laughs> not. Let's not. You like that? That was the good we'll question. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yes, this is season one, episode 21 of Funk. This is a bizarre episode. You weren't lying because you watched it before me. And you texted me. I warned me you. And you said, you don't know what I just watched. And I have to agree with you because that was kind of a fever dream. I just finished it about 15 minutes ago for reference. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> Again, I think last week we discussed this, but this was supposed to come before theatricality and like the Glee, the Gleevers. So it was a little odd seeing some events that happened last week and then seeing things kind of regressing this week. That is true. I definitely felt that with the Shelby appearance mm -hmm. and I don't know. I just feel like theatricality would have been a better pre-finale episode because since this episode was so bizarre in mood and tone and i know that such a great episode is coming it just puts me in a weird place and also i know other things are coming like uh, well we're going to talk about this next episode but like for instance rachel and finn i feel like they've had little to no interaction in the last few episodes and yet i know next episode finn's going to profess his love for her so I just feel like alert. I just feel like we're not queued up for the finale, you know, but it's happening. Hard to believe it. It's finally coming. But anyway, we should just talk about this weird episode. You're doing the plot today, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Yitty, 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 right. yitty. I don't know what that means. I'm just stalling um, for time because my iPad keeps turning off. Anyway, well, I will just say uh, before you get into it, the opening scene when Rachel's like, everyone come to the auditorium. It's an emergency. Uh, the top she's wearing, the purple top, is atrocious. I the, like frilly purple. It's one of the worst tops she's worn this season, which is saying something. Can't say I recall that top, but it's probably oh, for a good right. reason. So, <laughs> but yes. Well, first of all, we learned that regionals is a month away. Yet it's next episode. Yeah. See, I don't know. We've this is a running thread. As you know, what is the basis of time here? Because also, when in the year is regionals? We don't know. Yeah. It could be the end of the school year. Uh, I think it's suggested it's the end of the school year because the next season starts like kind of like the first week of school. 
I yeah. don't know. And like this weekend was Cheerios Nationals, so or yeah, cheerleading I, nationals. There's I just lots happening. But yes, yeah, so we finally have some update as to a time frame for when regionals is happening. But we open the episode with yes, Rachel leading all the Glee kids to the auditorium for an emergency. And we learned that her former lover, Jesse St. James, has double-crossed them and returned to vocal adrenaline. And he says that New Directions treated him poorly and they didn't accept him for who he was and didn't ever listen to him for his clearly superior ideas, which is very much giving Rachel Berry energy. (laughs) And he leads vocal adrenaline in a performance of Another One Bites the Dust in McKinley's Auditorium, no less. I have a couple questions. Yes. First of all, what is this highly inappropriate groping choreography for this high school glee club right at the I beginning when like all the ladies grope around the guys? Mm-hmm. Also very hetero for me when I just know some of those guys are gay. <laughs> also, what is their costume budget? Because these blue bomber jackets alone for the guys must have been a pretty penny, even if they were like $30 H&M bomber jackets. There's... A dozen guys or so, that's a lot of money. Hey, like Shelby said, they have a very active booster club for-, for Hey, we'll get to that. <laughs> I have more questions about that. Also, this number ended very abruptly. It did. I remember I was typing my notes and I looked up and I was like, wait, it ended? That happens again this episode, by the way. But <laughs> as for my actual opinions, I mean, I'm very pro-vocal adrenaline. I'm pro adrenaline. Oh, but this episode was just fine. You know, there's this the, number. They love, oh, this number. This number oh, was two. just fine. <laughs> uh, they're, they clearly love their queen. And let's they just do. say there's a vastly, vastly, vastly superior queen number coming from oh, Vocal Adrenaline. So, and when is it coming? Next episode in the finale. <laughs> 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 what did you think of it? I, uh, too, thought it was abrupt, and I also, I agree with you that vocal adrenaline usually, like, kills performances compared to New Directions, but they also have, like, twice the number of people in the in the club, first of all. They do. It doesn't seem fair. And I know that, like, the actors playing the New Directions kids seem a little old, but the people playing vocal adrenaline seem even older, <laughs> so it doesn't really seem like it's a high school club competing as a high school club. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of That's like That's a good Apple point, Star actually. Just... That's a good point. Because clearly whoever casts vocal adrenaline, they're more interested in just casting dancers because yeah. most of them don't have any lines. So like homegirl yeah. Giselle from Vocal Adrenaline looks like she's in her 30s. Oh, the sassy one? Yes. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She looks like she's 31. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a fine number compared to some of the other ones that we'll see. Maybe it was a bit better comparatively but i suppose in, yeah overall it was all right <laughs> but yes so vocal adrenaline does this performance and new directions is kind of shaken and they go back to their glee room and to find out that it had been teepeed toilet papered toilet papered <laughs> you got excuse there. me uh how were these caramel kids even allowed into the school let alone long enough to tp the glee room was there is there no security at Lima? Didn't you hear that Sue Sylvester let them in? Oh, I did not yeah. hear that. Let me just strike that from my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did something about like she let them in on the weekend or something because she needed access to the room to 
see if it'll fit for her trophies. Oh, her new her extra trophy case because she runs out of room when if they win nationals. Totally missed that. That's my bad. And that kind of is what set off Will's plot against Sue this episode. So funny that you missed that. But um, so yes, we find that that Sue was was involved, and this really just puts New Direction kids into a what do you want to call it? Drink every goddamn time someone says <laughs> funk in this episode. Just like with Dream On, if someone says Dream oh or God.Ballad, someone says Ballad. Yeah. Funk. Also, You're I know funk. This is the second episode in a row where Kurt is the one that says the title of the episode. Because last episode, he was the one that said theatric, like explained theatricality. I thought Shelby explained theatricality. To the Glee kids, not to the not to the viewers, but to the Glee kids. But yes, yeah, so the Glee kids are in a funk. And once Will learned that Sue was involved in letting vocal gentlemen into the room, he grabs one of Sue's trophies and smashes it in anger in defiance of, of Sue's actions. And he seemed really proud of that. Will has lots of balls this episode. Uh, spoiler, this is a... This is a wild episode for Will Schuster, which we're kind of due for one because I feel like it's been a minute since he was yes. truly featured in such a grotesque way. Yes. <laughs> grotesque is a great word. But yeah, so Will kind of inappropriately lashes out in front of the kids to Sue and made me uncomfortable. But also just I had to point out when the kids were in the room cleaning up all the toilet paper, why was already wearing a mask? Did you see that? I didn't like a face mask. Yeah, I feel like I only noticed it because it's a, a COVID world. Like back then, I don't think anyone would have noticed anything. Like noticed it, oh. but I'm like, it's not like he is immunocompromised. Like, why is this in a wheelchair the only one wearing a mask? Maybe some of the some of the vocal adrenaline kids pooped on the toilet paper before they <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> Fecal could adrenaline. Be it. <laughs> yes. Hey, that deserved also... a bigger laugh than you gave me. That was funny. <laughs> All right. uh, I also just wanted to point out this this line from Sue when she was talking to Will about trophies and after Will had his little lashing out she said you know for me trophies are like herpes you can try to get rid of them but they just keep coming Sue Sylvester has hourly flare-ups of burning itching highly contagious talent <laughs> she's got loved, the zingers I loved that analogy anything else no, I would like to move on to the signing of the Glavorce. Oh my God. Can we please stop trying to work glee into every word? No, I love it. I wrote in my notes, OMG, the Glavorce, in parentheses, glee divorce, has been finalized. <laughs> I also love how the piece of paper said divorce in bold in all caps up at the top. <laughs> well, I mean, it's for the camera, you know, an of actual course. divorce document doesn't look like that, but we need to know. So that's all you have to say about the Glavorce? Uh Well, you haven't quite said what actually happened. So I guess I could say that um, Will and Terry, Terry's back. They officially signed their divorce papers. Terry makes this incredibly odd comment. And I want to know if you think <laughs> it's odd when she says, you're still that 16 year old boy to me. Yeah. I think that's a weird thing to say. And it gets weirder considering she's like courting a 16 year old boy later on in the episode. Yup. Uh, but that's basically the end of that. Yeah, I don't think Will says a word during that whole scene, which is needed. 
honestly. But <laughs> yeah, that comment was odd because girl, you're a grown ass woman. Thinking of a 16 year old boy is a little inappropriate. So yeah. But in her defense, Will did look exactly the same when he was 16 as evidenced by footage <laughs> from episode 19. So <laughs> I suppose it's true. Anyway, uh, indigestion Ooh. over there. Another burp coming. Yes. Oh, third one. Third time's the charm. Oh, gosh. I know how I feel, mister, when you burp. Anyway, so Will is in his bag after the glivorce, as Zach is trying to call it. And he just comes into the glee room and starts complaining to the to the glee kids about like regrets, if like if they have any regrets and how he regretted how things went down with Terry. It, and it was just like unneeded and kind of inappropriate for him to be talking about that to this to his yeah, students. You're selling it short. He basically walked in, <laughs> slammed papers on, and he's like, Who in here's got regrets? Uh, because <laughs> I just finalized my divorce and I fucking regret that. Uh <laughs> I loved how Santana said everyone else was thinking. She was like, okay, like, why do we care? Like, why are you telling us this? Like, no one really cares about your life. And she was lounging across the chairs in the back of the glee room because, of course, they're all in a funk. And yet again, here we go. Will's on his mission, his his, uh, assignment for the week for himself and, I guess, for the glee kids. And he wants to kind of reinvigorate the Glee kids and get them out of this funk by performing funky numbers. And what does he say it's time to go to? (sighs) He says says it's time time to take it to funky town. (laughs) Awful. I really really hated that. And he does that weird like finger wave. So like Mariah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely not, Will. (laughs) It was awful. It was really bad. And after Will kind of explains the assignment, Mercedes is, she's like, you know, I got this. I I already have a plan in mind. And then little old Quinn jumps in. And this is where I start to have a problem with Quinn this episode, because it's giving white feminism this entire episode with her trying to equate her struggles to Mercedes struggles and struggles of other people. Yeah, I said in my notes, not Quinn thinking she's oppressed. <laughs> exactly. Like, girl, you went and got yourself knocked up. Like, I know you're going through it, but Mercedes was born that way. You weren't born pregnant. If you were, that'd be a whole other story. <laughs> and when Mercedes protests this, Quinn has this line yes. where she's like, well, Mercedes racism aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and then Will says that Quinn can go first tomorrow. So he is perpetuating mm-hmm. this this narrative, and I don't like it. He is. By the way, mister, you completely missed the tire slashing and the consequences of that. Because uh, that oh, is... yes. Well, yes, you, you skipped it as well, but yes. No, I was. I assumed you were going in order, but... But you, you started talking about Funky Town, and that was after the tire slashing, so I have you to blame. Oh, you you, you kind of, like, led me into it. Anyway, you know? let's back up a little bit. So... When the Glee kids find out that the local adrenaline TP'd their room and they're really upset, Puck, we have this voiceover where Puck's in his head and he's like, you know, I'm the like resident badass over here. I need to figure out a way to retaliate. And he looks at Quinn and they give each other a look or sorry, Finn, they give each other a look and they're like, yeah, like we're going to we're going to get back at these. They're, these kids. Their toxic masculinity look. 
Yes. <laughs> and we cut to them in the Carmel High parking lot in the cover of of, the, of night, <laughs> slashing the tires of all, we later learned, 26 Range Rovers that belong to each member of Vocal Adrenaline. And we learned that those were gifts that Shelby gave to each of the members after they won at sectionals because of they, they have a very active booster club who funds their their club. Okay, but still, who bought 26 Range Rovers for these teenagers as a gift? I know. <laughs> I, I hated crazy. their like license plate was like Vogue Ad and then their number. Like Vogue, we saw one, it was like Vogue Ad. Oh, 3. yeah. <laughs> also, Detective Zach here mm-hmm. went back to another one bites the dust number mm-hmm. and counted these kids <laughs> there are only 24 performers so where do mm. these extra two range rovers go to i'm guessing one shelby's and no, the 26 she said my 26 kids or members hmm. maybe two of them played something, hooky that day i maybe don't know something suspicious there also love that you went back and counted <laughs> of course i was like oh i need to double check that um <laughs> Love that Finn thinks he can pay back all those damages in a month. He makes reference to like, I'll pay you back in a month or something like that. Well, yeah, I no way. Some, some math because Shelby said it was 200 bucks a car for the tires times 26 cars. That's $5, $5,200, Finn. Good and luck. Didn't she, I think, didn't she say $200 a wheel? Because she said times four. So four oh, wheels per car. That. Oh, so it's even worse. Over That's $20,000. Like 20 yeah. And they're working at sheets and things? part-time because yeah. they're teenagers there's the no math way. ain't mathin delusional <laughs> very very delusional anyway let's get to will schuster's wild ass idea that he gets yes. this episode so will <sighs> it makes me uncomfortable to talk about but will's in his funk about the divorce and he's tired of sue bullying him so he wants to like get back at her and try to humiliate her. And he lures her into the glee room. Well, he gets an idea from Rachel. Remember Rachel comes to him and Mm. he basically stops listening to her at one point. And (sighs) I I still don't quite glean how he got this idea from what Rachel was saying. Oh, you're funny. I didn't even mean that. (laughs) Glean. But I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he got there. It seemed like he was a little too excited to get to that conclusion, but yeah, but he decides he's going to try and seduce Miss Sylvester and says he needs to like get her opinion on a number he's been working on for the Glee kids. Well, we, we should specify that he wants to seduce her. We know that he's up to something. He's not genuinely wanting to seduce her, but clearly yeah. he wants to do it to fuck with her. Yeah, I said he wants to humiliate her. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so he breaks into a performance of Tell Me Something Good by Rufus and Shaka Khan. And the opening sequence to the song is him leaning on the piano. We get a close up of his ass and he's like <laughs> trying to like shake his butt to the beat of the song and it made me so uncomfortable i wrote in all caps william what are you doing with your ass <laughs> and then he does a strange thing where he slips the little sheet music off the piano <sighs> and slowly bends down to pick it up ass up mm. and i wrote 
what is going on it was so odd and like there was this weird like red lighting where he said that she was look she looked radiated radiant and not radiated radiant yes and i was radiated during this yeah it was just very odd and unnecessary and surprisingly sue was into it well at the end he asked her her thoughts because his whole guys was like oh i'm working on this number can you you know you're the you're the purveyor of taste can you let me know if this is too much and so at the end he looks at her in the eye and he goes was i too dirty disgusting (laughs) yes and this synopsis is not in chronological order. So uh, I notes. tell you, you need to use the IMDb. I looked at IMDb's synopsis. today and it was far too long and I was not doing all of that. Okay, it was but it's helpful because it goes in order. Okay, well, anyway. Uh, so after that scene, we see that Puck and Finn are trying to make some extra cash to pay back the for the damages. Oh, wait, quick, quick rewind. I forgot about this. When Shelby was in the principal's office with Sue and Finn and Will and Puck and Figgins said that the boys were expelled because slashing tires was a felony. I was like, no way in hell that's a felony. So I Googled <laughs> it. And depending on the, the value of the tires, it's either a misdemeanor or it's a felony. And I guess since they were 200 bucks a pop, it was classified as a felony, which just us, seems outrageous. Look at me. us doing our research this episode. <laughs> Backing up these claims. Yes. But I guess it's it's the truth. But anyway, so yes, they have a felony on their hands, a potential felony, and they're trying to make make good on on their actions. So that we they're at sheets and things. And Terry is training the two of them. And you want to talk more about this? (laughs) Sure. So basically, not much in the scene matters except we get a random very brief musical performance of loser by Beck. Uh, and it's kind of a dream sequence mm-hmm. because puck goes over to turn on like the music for the store and then ends up being loser by Beck. And then he starts playing a guitar. Um, not much to say about this number. I feel like, cause it is very brief. We do see Terry singing and, mm-hmm. um, Oh, what's his name? Mr. Bam- Mr. Oh, Bamboo. Howard. Power bamboo singing, but like we don't actually know if they're singing. They could be just lip syncing. But uh the other thing, why does Finn not sound like Finn at all in this song? Did you notice that? You didn't think so? No, it doesn't sound like him at all. Hmm. It was weird. I was like, did you get another actor, performer to dub over Corey's voice? I don't I know. Notice. But it was it was nondescript, basically. Uh yes. And then when it ends and Terry comes over to basically snap Puck out of his little dream sequence. I forget what he said, but uh, she said, I thought Jews were supposed to be smart. Yeah, well, she just Terry saw girl. him like, standing there, like eyes closed, swaying, playing the, the broom. And yeah, she said that line and it was really inappropriate. Not good. Terry is very inappropriate this episode. We'll get back to yes. this very soon. Well, it, at this, right after that, she goes up to Finn, right? And she's... not right after, because we're forgetting an integral scene with Will and Sue in her office. Does your plot description not mention that? 
I told you it's all over the place. Should have used IMDb. So basically we get a oh scene where Will arrives in Sue's office. It's like after hours. It's also lit very rosily. And he's flirting with her some more. Uh, asked her out to dinner at Breadsticks. Of course, his intent is to not show up, but he's, I will hand it to him. He's a very good actor. The way he's like moseying up to Sue. He has another awful, disgusting line at the end of the scene when he turns at the doorway. He says, hey, Sue, you know what Wednesday is? Hump day. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> that was nasty. Yes. <laughs> And then we get back to... Well, I have to say, I was right, and you rudely told me I was wrong. At the end of that scene, I didn't get to say this because he cut me off. All right. Terry briefly looked at Finn and saw Will. Like, that, she was, like, confused. That's what you were referring to. Yes, which is important for this next scene. Thank you very much. Sure. Anyway, so yes, now we're, we're back at Sheets and Things, and Finn is just telling Terry that he's distracted because he's got glee on his mind and Terry's like, Oh, that glee club. It's like ruining everything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, I mean, at least she's self-aware, but she told Finn, I have this compulsive need to crush other people's dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Cause she realized she was being a little harsh on Finn. So at least she's, she's self-aware. I thought that was funny. And then she says she's, she's going to try and change. And she to help Finn with his Glee assignment. And she also, I think she asks him how old he is, and he says he's 16, which are, you know, parallels, because she still thinks of yep. Will as a 16-year-old boy. I said, I love- Terry, step away from the underage boy. <laughs> Sandy Ryerson got fired is. for that. <laughs> yes. Maybe because he's in, in her midst, she's in things all the time. He's ripping off on her. I don't know. I also but- love that she promotes him to assistant assistant manager. I know. Poor Howard. He really was trying to assert his, his, what's the word? Not tenancy. Seniority. Seniority. There you go. And and also I love how Terry made reference to earlier that she needs to make manager by the end of the year so she can uphold her current lifestyle. <laughs> she's too much. I'd love to know where she's living now, you know? Oh, me too. So it's probably like a studio somewhere. Probably, but a cute one. Because she has a lifestyle that she has to maintain. <laughs> With a craft room. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, so she tells Finn that she'll help him with his assignment that week. And when Finn tells her it's funk, she's like, oh, let's type funk into iTunes and see what comes. She said, let's type funk into the iTunes. (laughs) Oh, Terry. Oh, Terry. Anyway, let's get to this Quinn scene because this was. Now we're in the glee room and Quinn has her moment where she's going to, you know, do her her number on funk. (sighs) And she gets up in front of the Glee kids and brings in a group of other pregnant moms in a group that she's calling the Unwed Mothership Connection. (laughs) And they break into a performance of It's a Man's 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 World by James Brown. (laughs) And it went on for far too long. You guys, this performance is so bizarre. First of all, I was cackling throughout this whole thing because the choreography that these other mothers were doing was so funny, particularly when they get into like a ballet line and they start doing like pirouettes (laughs) for no reason. Uh, Also, this performance 
proves our point that Diana Agron's voice is not the best, particularly yes. when she tries to do like the growling, like the yes. growl wailing. It sounds very not good. And I I wrote that down. I said, what was Quinn saying earlier about soul? Because I'm not getting <laughs> any from her during this performance. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh. It's just way too like soft and like not one note, meaning like she only sing one note. It's just very like. I think it's bland. one note. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I love how at, for some reason at the end of this performance, the whole Glee Club gets up to like give her a group hug. Like almost <sighs> like they were saying like, oh, we feel you. But I love Mercedes had the right idea. Mercedes mm-hmm. stayed in her seat, <laughs> given that look that she loves to give of disapproval. Yes. Oh, that whole scene so. was just very strange. I was it lost. Was. <laughs> I will say, though, it, it the name of the group is clever on Wet Mothership Connection, because I don't know if you know this, but Parliament, the group, the band that sings Give Up the Funk that they perform at the end. One of their like most famous albums is called Mothership Connection. So that oh, was like a play off the album name. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's but, cute. But without that context, it's very odd. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so yes, Quinn's in her bag yet again because she's a pre- unwed pregnant mother and or just life is so hard for her. So that she was getting her feelings out on on stage. Well, not stage. We've talked about this before. <laughs> Then we see on Sue floor. on floor. <laughs> we see Sue at breadsticks. She's in her tracksuit, but I love how she was dressed up a bit with pearls because she's a classy bitch. Yeah, that was cute. And a little <laughs> bit of makeup. Yeah. And she just seems a little anxious because Will is not showing up. And the Runa's waitress comes up and tells her that she should just order because she's being stood up. And I mean, I guess it's the truth, but I was like, damn, like you don't even know her. That's kind of rude. <laughs> And she marches over to his apartment. And of course, Will's expecting this. And Will's like loving this and eating it up. And he's telling Sue, like, she's getting a taste of her own medicine. And this is what she gets. And it's just like, well, sh- like, you really thought you were going to prove a point here. And you actually were just being really a huge did. dick. Yeah. It was really mean, actually. It was. And we learned that Sue took that to heart because when Will goes to school the next day, we see Santana crying saying, daddy, dad. I feel like that should be a new meme. <laughs> Naya Rivera going, daddy, daddy. Like, what was that about? I don't know. And her hair looked a mess. Like, <laughs> it was just so odd. I also love Brittany running after Jacob and Israel saying, please help me. Please help <laughs> Yes, the Cheerios were in disarray, and Will talks to Kurt and learns that Sue hasn't been in school for a few days, and that without Sue leading the Cheerios, they can miss nationals, and a few of them can miss out on scholarships. So the girls are just the girls are struggling right now, and yeah, all their hair is just in, in wackadoo <laughs> positions. Learn that word from Zach, and Will seems a bit regretful of of his actions and his, his ruse with sue so he just can't escape the regret this episode can he nope but now we're back in the glee room and finn and puck and mercedes are up and they're performing good vibrations by marky mark and the funky bunch yeah i said out think? loud i said out loud finn what the fuck are you wearing Cause he's he's wearing like a black. T- I know they're trying to emulate the looks of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, 
but it just looks strange seeing it on Finn in particular because he's got mm. all these ridiculous necklaces on. Mercedes looks phenomenal. Of course. Um, I liked it. I mean, I like the song. It just kind of like it. It gets you the would job like white done. boy rap. All right. It, well, but it's in the era of like '90s kind of campy, silly white boy rap, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I compared to what else was going on in this episode. It really grounded me in a sense. Not grounded you. But it did end again very abruptly. It just yes. ended. And I was like, what? That ended on a weird note. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And Will rudely says to them that it was great, but that wasn't funk. It was rap. And they're just performing the wrong songs this week. And it's like, yeah, okay, really. you could have given a clearer assignment. Mr. That Schuster. was a hell of a lot better than whatever the fuck Quinn was doing the other day. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Quinn, the next <laughs> scene, which really, really ground my gears. But Quinn goes up to Mercedes and she's telling her how she doesn't understand how she's a mad all the time because she's so oppressed and people have been treating her so rudely. And yet again, Quinn is just really trying to equate being a black woman to being a white pregnant high school girl. Okay. Here's my take on this. I actually think it is confusing because like no identifiers are used during these conversations. Of course, I think she was actually referring to like Mercedes being fat and how quick, oh. because, because she says, um, uh, cause Mercedes says something like, I've been feeling this way my whole life. And, or no, Quinn says, you've been feeling this way your whole life. I've been feeling this way for nine months. And so in my head, it was like, oh, she's been feeling fat for nine months because she's pregnant. Whereas Mercedes has been fat her whole life. That's what I thought they were talking about. Not even because I was like, it's just too ridiculous if they're insinuating that Quinn feels as oppressed as a black person. So I thought it was all about the fatness because we also had a few episodes ago that mm-hmm. being a plot point for Mercedes when she's saying beautiful and everything. Hmm. So I think that's what they were leaning towards, but it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but now I'm just rethinking this entire scene because it's pretty much couldn't be like, so I know you're fat and it's hard on you, but you've held it, managed it so well. And I admire yeah. you for that. Like what? <laughs> well, that, again, that's why I thought it was, it was, she, she was alluding to fatness because of Mercedes performing that beautiful song at the pep rally because Quinn like looking at that and admiring that public display of like I am beautiful I thought that's what Mm -hmm. she was alluding to however the line does get a little blurred and this is Mercedes that says this but when she invites Quinn to live with her Mm -hmm. for uh I guess indefinite period until she gives birth she says us sisters gotta stick together right and I was like I know what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it was sisters with the it was an as not er it was so mm-hmm. i was like wait 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 <laughs> like what are you talking about like a sisters in christ or like what <laughs> <laughs> i was very confused by that yeah i don't know what mercedes thought she was doing with that but i noticed that too <laughs> like if but she yes, said I, sisters i would I be like oh no okay, like like maybe glee, like glee sisters glisters i don't know no, that sounds blisters. like glee blisters. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's stop with the glee. Let's just the glee stop. Words. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 
But yeah, so we finally see that the Mercedes invited Quinn to move in with her, which I think we'll we'll see more of next episode. But now Will's feeling all bad and remorseful, and he goes to Sue's house, which is absolutely covered in trophies. Every square foot, square inch yep. of the house is covered in trophies. And I didn't like how I guess Sue's housekeeper was talking to Will in English. And right before Will walks into the room to go talk to Sue, he starts speaking in Spanish and she replies in Spanish. It was like, I guess he's a Spanish teacher, but like, Will, you could have just kept talking to her in English. Let's not be extra here. Uh, he thought he was relating to her by speaking in Spanish. Anyway, so yeah, Sue is all to pieces. She's in bed. She's refusing protein shakes. She's really hurt because she was being vulnerable for once and she didn't used to see will this way she used to like hate him and now she like has these weird feelings for him and he kind of took advantage of that and he admits that he thought that like her treating her like this would pull him out of his own funk but it just made things worse like no shit will it was really fucked up what you did and then he like sues tries to get sue to come back to school and she's like oh like they don't like i'm tired of these kids and he's like oh well they need you um and i guess he's trying to remind her of like her her worth at school as a cheerios coach and i guess that kind of turned the light bulb on in her head but anything else you want to say about this no (laughs) okay i want to get to the egg scene to the point Yes, well, Sue is resolved to get back to, to school in time to, to bring the Cheerios to Nationals. And then we see, we should get a phone call from Mr. Jesse St. James himself. And he sounds all sweet and asks her to meet her in the parking lot, meet him in the parking lot. And of course, Rachel has been down bad for this man. So she's like, okay, like maybe like we'll finally be able to talk. And so she like very awkwardly <laughs> runs to him when she sees him in the parking lot. <laughs> Also, I I never see her wear jeans. She's wearing jeans. No, it was. I told you all of her outfits this episode are (laughs) awful, including the one right after this when she's telling the the kids about her assault via egg. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was just thinking, this has to suggest that regionals at the end of the school year because she's running out in the parking lot in Lima, Ohio, without any coat on or anything. So oh it gosh. must be like May or or something or late April. Maybe it's a nice mm-hmm. day. Uh, but yeah, I also love that Rachel's only real scene in the entire episode is her getting egged by Vogel Adrenaline. Sorry, I'm going to jumping ahead, but no, go for it. Vogel Adrenaline hops out from behind cars and starts pelting her with raw eggs. And um, it was funny because Jesse's a little hesitant to do it. And then What's her name? Tess, the really mean vocal. Giselle. Oh, Giselle. Um, she's like, do it, Jesse. Do it. Egger. And he goes up to her. And Rachel says, break it like you broke my heart. It's so <laughs> dramatic. And I loved it. And then he says, I really loved you. And then splats oh the egg right on her face. Uh, it was a, a great scene. And just it the was. shot of Rachel, there's a crane shot pulling up of um rachel just sitting there covered in eggs <laughs> I thought that was really funny 
Poor girl. Jesse St. James is a punk-ass bitch, and I'll leave it at that. And I also wrote in my notes, these vocal adrenaline kids are so mean, but it's okay because they're very talented. Oh, my God. I don't think we should be rewarding that behavior because of their talent. Um, they're fictional. It's whatever. <laughs> anyway, so we see Will watching TV, and it's the coverage of the Cheerleading Nationals, where Sue is now won her sixth title in a row. And she kind of the the uh news reporter is there and says that points out that one part of sue's tactic to win was having kurt perform a 14 and a half minute celine dion medley in french oh my gosh the best part of the whole episode is when kurt he comes on camera after that (laughs) and he says something in french and then he does this it's hard to explain without seeing mm-hmm. it but he does this little like high kick in, in front of their faces and he goes woo and he just it was scampers so off. gay <laughs> but it was very funny it was very, such a curt thing it was oh that was so funny <laughs> Woo! and and as well as watching this in walks sue with santana and Brittany. Yeah, I want to talk about this. Sorry oh, to okay. like cut you off via hand motion, but first of all, Will, do not lock your doors. Second <laughs> of all, how did this group like maybe I guess you could argue it's coincidence, but how did they know? Were they out listening outside his door for the <laughs> fir- perfect dramatic entry of when he was listening to this newscast? How did they know he would be listening to it when Sue said that line about knowing where she would put the trophy? But yeah, they just barge into his apartment. At perfect timing. I thought yeah. that was a poor writing, I guess, but yeah, it was weird. But I guess good timing for the for the show. So yeah, she barges in with this giant trophy, and she kind of gives uh, Will an ultimatum and just says, if he doesn't open mouth kiss her with tongue, then she's going to install the trophy in the choir room, and it's going to be behind bulletproof glass. Yeah. He was to ready remind to him do of Glee's failure. He was ready. He even licked his lips. <laughs> his thin little lips. It was just a lot. But yeah, Will was considering it. He was thinking it, but Sue changed her mind. And she said, your breath stinks of mediocrity. It makes me sick. Love that. Drag him. <laughs> and then we see that she is, in fact, installing the trophy in the choir room. That's what it's called. The choir room. I like the glee room better, though. It's the glee room. The is glee there room. even a McKinley choir? We haven't seen them, so how do we know they exist? That's so true. It's the Glee Room. <laughs> and the Glee Floor. The Glore. Glee Floor. Yes. Well, then, to wrap up the episode, we're back in the auditorium, and the Vocal Adrenaline kids are have somehow been convinced to come back to McKinley by Rachel. No, uh, and- Will Schuster did it. Remember, he called... And he said, come to our auditorium tomorrow. Oh, yes. O'clock. That's yeah. right. That's right. Because he was upset by Rachel getting egged. Yes. <laughs> so they're, and... like, they're like, we're going to show them with this incredibly awkward number we've done. Yeah. And they were like, Rachel says that we're going to do something that you, the one thing you can't do. And they do the performance. And the whole time I'm thinking, okay, like, what is it about this number that they can't do? And find out at the end that, I know I'm skipping the whole number. We can talk about that in a minute. But we find out at the end that it's because vocal gentlemen can't perform a funk number because Giselle says that they are quote soulless automatons. 
And I, I just wasn't really buying this. I don't get it. They probably can't perform a funk number because they're not capable of being mediocre like New oh. Directions is. Oh. With whatever the hell this was. Like, they really thought they ate with this. Uh, it's they Give did. Up the Funk. Yes, by Parliament Funkadelic or just Parliament. Yeah, they really thought they ate with this. And I just really think that they did not. They did not. And the outfits were so unnecessary. Oh, I wrote that down. I wrote, these white boys really think that dressing, quote, funk is basically dressing black. Uh, Because Artie had his little Flavor Flav clock. I don't know if you clocked that. Flavor (laughs) Flav! You guys, we've been rewatching Flavor of Love season one, by the way. It is one of the best seasons of reality television ever produced. It's so funny. Um, But... uh, I don't know what the hell Puck was wearing. His like sideways cap and all the all either. the chains. Finn also had a sideways cap on. Mike Chang just decided to dress as a hipster with his fedora. Although I guess he likes yeah. fedoras. So yeah, it's very strange. And also, question for you. You know, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the song, there's like that. Are we really supposed to believe that was Kurt's voice? Because he's the one lip syncing it. We'll get to that in trivia. Because <gasps> I, I, it didn't sound like him at all. And I was like, the audacity to pass that off as Kurt's voice. But I'm curious what this trivia is. Yes. Well, I have nothing else to add about this number <laughs> or the end of this episode. Do you? No. All right. Shall We're we finally get done. to our, what did you call them? Superlatives? Yes. What was your best performance? You didn't pick one? Y'all can see the face I'm making right now. I The one that I suppose I enjoyed the most, and I, I say enjoy, he's enjoyed very loosely, was another one bites the dust, I suppose. It was high energy, the outfits, it was choreography. Like It was short, but I guess it was good. Yeah, see, I guess with an episode like this, I have to pick the thing that made me like move in my seat the most, and that was Good Vibrations. And Mercedes mostly did the assist with that one. So, as always, yeah, I think we have the same worst performance, though. I'm guessing. Yes. Is it tell me something good? Tell me something good. One hundred percent. So very, inappropriate. So uncomfortable. A very vulgar watch. <laughs> very vulgar. <laughs> but I will say, honorable mention for worst musical performance was it's a man's 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 world <laughs> oh yes if that one wasn't so freakish in a way that made me <laughs> perplexed then it would 100 percent be the worst <laughs> but it was interesting it was i thought i was watching an a24 horror film while watching not <laughs> you're funny it's a very arty experience in, in a way and not arty in the wheelchair um, oh but anyway who was your mvp i'm very curious actually I was unable to pick one. Oh. No one stood out to me as worthy of MVP this episode. I picked Mercedes for a couple reasons. One, she looked great in Good Vibrations, and she provided the assist. She also provided the assist in Give Up the Funk. And two, that face she made at the end of Quinn's performance when everyone went up to hug her was great. So I, I can't not pick somebody. I feel like that's breaking the I rules. I feel like your reasons were very, very, very specific. And I was thinking more broadly in the context of the episode and the storyline. So that's why I picked no one. You've picked people for very specific reasons in the past. Mm, if I no, had access no. to your notes, I would be able to cite something, but I do not. So. No. 
Anyway, who was your LVP this episode? William Schuster. Because <laughs> it truly was a, a bad hour for him. It was. It's been a minute since he's been my LVP, but he really deserves it this episode. He does. Between his immature actions, him complaining about his divorce, divorce vibes, divorce, in front of the Glee kids. Glivorce. Glivorce, excuse me. His inappropriate thrusting in the, I completely forgot the name of the number. Tell me something good number. Just, I hated it, all of it. So he's your LVP too? Yes, although I will say I was it was between and of course Will got it, but I was also considering Jesse St. James because he was being conniving as fuck this episode and treating was, Rachel like shit. But he threw an egg at Rachel, so I like that. Oh my god. <laughs> uh and that leads us into the Will Schuster cringe hour. This is another one of those take your pick episodes. I wrote like as soon as it happened, I wrote down the funky town. I know, same. I'm not gonna do it again. Uh, but then Thank I also you. added the hump day line. Mm-hmm. And then I was just tempted to say the the just the whole like 10 minute span of him like flirting with Sue and doing all those dance moves. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the whole episode was a Will Schuster cringe hour. It was, yes. <laughs> The whole Almost episode literally, was, if you had commercials, it would be an hour. Oh my god! If I had to pick one moment, I think for me though, besides Funky Town, which I hated, it was him speaking in Spanish at the end. It was like, oh, let me let me flex that muscle oh, for that, that wasn't that bad. It made sense to me. Oh, I didn't like it. Yeah, Spanish you're white. teacher. All right, you're white. You would say that. Anyway, I have to admit, I am very, very unimpressed by the trivia this week. It's all shit. Uh, what about that Kurt trivia but, you alluded yes, to? Yes, I was. If you didn't interrupt me, I was about to say. But okay, normally when people like earlier. stop speaking and there's a gap in their speech and they're having a conversation, that's when the other person could come in. So I literally said "but" and then you interrupted me. So that's that's an interruption. And we've there. already established we're on a slight delay with the Zoom situation. So blame the technology, not your boyfriend. No, I blame you, white man. Anyway, <laughs> apparently. Apparently, and I do not believe this, the intro and ending to give up the funk were actually sung by Chris Kofler and weren't computerized. Because get this, he just has a very wide vocal range. No, no. Someone had the audacity nope. to write that. Nope. <laughs> no. Um, Chris Kofler sings at about the same register for the whole series, and you cannot convince me otherwise. No. <laughs> You know, the, the voice that sang the cover of I Want to Hold Your Hand in a later episode is not the same voice that sang those lines and give up the funk. Because in my, for, for some reason, that song sticks out to me where he was singing real high. <clears throat> so I don't believe it. But yeah, there's nothing else that's really worth calling out. Let me start, you said it at the beginning in last episode, but this episode was swapped with the theatricality episode. And Heather Morris and Harry Shum Jr. both said this is their favorite number that they've performed. I don't know okay. if when they were interviewed, if it was like to date or ever. Y'all but... weren't really showcased, so I don't know why. Yeah, but um... I don't know either. Sure. But yeah, that's that's all that's honestly worth mentioning in this episode. Wow. Oh, okay. and then one absent cast member, Emma, Emma Pillsbury. Yes, not there. Emma Pillsbury. She's been around for a minute, actually. Thank God. I don't actually think she'll be in 
next week either. I don't think maybe for a little bit, but hopefully the trivia will be better next week because, oh my God, you guys, it's finally here. Next episode is the finale journey to regionals. I'm so excited. You and I are going to watch this tomorrow live with me. I'm going to be insufferable probably. Pray for me, y'all. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an experience. Um, You're going to have to like put your hand over my, my mouth to stop me from singing some of the songs in this episode. Probably. Uh, But it's going to be great. And then what do you think? Do you think we should have like our season wrap up as part of that episode or have a separate episode with the season one wrap up? Like, do you think we'll have enough content oh, to fill an this episode? This is the first I'm hearing of a season wrap up. You've you've alluded to it before. You've said like we should have an episode at the end of the season where we talk about our season thoughts, like our favorite performances. Whatnot. Oh yes, 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 yes. I did. It's all coming back to me now. We could just add it to the. I I just don't know how long the episode on the finale is going to be because I feel like I'm gonna. Have well, to I feel like you're going to be wanting to talk a lot about all this right. finale. But I mean, you had a two-hour episode on your other podcast, so why not? Two I think, and a half. I think, yeah. yeah, that's why I didn't listen to it. But I think that it's probably worth doing it with the finale, you know, all together, okay. tied together a nice bow. Well, then stay tuned, you guys, because we're also going to be talking about our season one thoughts, our favorite numbers, our least favorite numbers, our favorite moments, our favorite episode, our least favorite episode. It's going to be fun. And undoubtedly our longest. Most definitely. And thank you all for your patience this week. I know we're getting it up a few days later, but oh yes. we were traveling. So we were traveling. We were about a hundred miles away from Lima, Ohio. We were. Zach's family is is close to there. So maybe we'll make a pilgrimage there one day. Actually, I think it was less than a hundred miles. Let me go on Google right now. I'm not Googling it. <laughs> I want to know. Lima. Ohio. Oh my gosh. We were, oh, 138 miles away. <laughs> it's enough. Close enough. Yeah. We should go there one day. I know that the high school they used is not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we have but... the drive through on the way to Pickwell. Look at that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for your patience. Uh, and Happy holidays, because if you're listening to this, the day it goes up, Christmas is in a couple days. And yes, and Hanukkah's in full swing. Yeah. So happy all the holidays. Yeah. If you're a, a Rachel Berry, a Jacob Ben Israel, or a Finn Hudson, happy holidays. Oh, my God. Oh, and to our UK and Canadian listeners, happy early Boxing Day. Coming up on Monday. Is that something they celebrate or is that just a day? Like, I don't do, know, but I, I want to wish them a happy one. Do y'all have off work for that? I, I, I'm i going to Google that too. It, follow us on Instagram and comment on one of our posts, whether or not you, you, you celebrate it like it's a real holiday. So we know. Very good idea. Yes. Okay. Goodbye. Right. See ya. Do, 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 do.